Lions. That's our, our guy, Nate. To announce the Detroit Lions selection, please welcome from the University of Nevada, wide receiver, Nate Burleson. How's everybody doing? Oh, boy. There we go. Yeah! Now, listen. All jokes aside, they say that Dallas is the home of America's team. Hold on, hold on. By the way, Beverly Hills cop did come from Detroit, right? A Axel Foley. Well, if that's the case, if that is the case, Detroit is the home of America's heartbeat. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Boy, a car commercial just busted out here. This pick right here is dedicated to the men and women of Michigan. I'm talking about the no days off, lunch pail packing, hard hat wearing, blue collar hands that help build this country. Michigan, Detroit, I salute you. And with all that said, with the 43rd pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Kerryon Johnson, running back out of Auburn. Lion blood forever. I'm gonna get comfortable here for a second. Hang on. Okay, fire away. You will keep your fame forward down the field. We gain a lion victory. Gridiron Heroes, boy. It's a podcast episode you've always... You've been waiting for it since last year. Since last year. We getting after it. Let's. Let's just go position by position, eh? We can do that. First order of business, though. Matt, Matty P. Matty P? Sneak peek. Might, might just call up John Dolan, see if we can get him on speakerphone later. <sighs> God, what I love that—that's that. what we call in the business. We call it a tease, but we don't know if he'll answer. So it's, you know, it, it's just like the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner when, yeah. when, he, when he's in the tank. When he, yeah, exactly. You know, we we just getting after it. Nothing quite like being in the tank, baby. Who's who's the special teamer that they want? I always forget his name. We want uh, Putney. Putney. David, David Putney. Putney. We, we need want, Putney. We want Putney. Let's get after it. Let's get it, after though. it, man. Matt Patricia coming in from New England. Bob Quinn guy slowly but surely implementing his system upon this team. Uh, definitely, you know, got off to a rocky start. The media did not exactly welcome him to the city with some muckraker BS. Yep. Did not appreciate that. Well, you know, it's 2018 and we live for the headlines here. I guess so. so. I, I guess, guess that so. had to be a flash in the pan, but good thing it was a flash in the pan. And we know Matt P is a family man. He's a family man. Exactly. Family run organization. You got a family man, man. running the team. Whew. I'm excited. Yeah, I it's mean, a new look. You know, if you brought back Jim Caldwell, it was going to be more of the same. Mm-hmm. You know, Jim Schwartz got the Lions out of the 0-16 hole and got them to the playoffs, but ultimately couldn't build a consistent winner just due to his, you know, volatility as a head coach. You bring in the sure and steady hand of Jim Caldwell, guides the team to a, probably the best season that they've ever had in 2014 in terms. And now I'm saying just like talent on the team, they get jobbed out of a win in Dallas. Miss the playoffs, go to Seattle, just get outclassed. 
You know, and, and the you know the major thing coming out of Jim Caldwell's tenure is that they never won the big game. Mm-hmm. Never, never won the big game, and that was the main reason that Bob Quinn, you know, he even mentioned it. That was the main reason why he went away from Caldwell, hired Patricia, been in plenty of big games out in New England, so definitely not afraid of the spotlight or the moment. Or, you know, it'll be interesting. He's first first time ever head coach, so we'll see how he handles that responsibility, but definitely not a dude who doesn't have experience in, in the biggest of stages. So uh, really, you know, the, another interesting you know thing with the coaching staff retaining Jim Bob, yeah, uh, which I like. I don't think there was any really reason to go away from him. The, the blatant facts are that Matt Stafford's played his best football with Jim Bob Cooter as his offensive coordinator. And I think he did a great job too last year of implementing more deep routes into the into the uh, offense. A lot of uh, the stuff that I saw in 2016 from him was very short, you know. Short area at using Stafford's accuracy, but he's got the best, one of the best guns in the league, and you got, you know, you got to let him unload a little bit, and they did a lot more of that in 2017. And I think you you saw better offensive results because of it. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that as far as Jim Bob goes, he's just getting started, man. Like this is a young guy, kind of, you know, as absolutely. far as coaches go, and things were going great sometimes, and they and they weren't so great other times, but. Honestly, like like you said, you have an elite quarterback in Matthew Stafford, and that's what. It, and in the NFL, it's going to come down to that more times than not. So, I think that's a huge plus for them. I think the coaching staff is a great new look. It's more youthful. It's more energetic. Mm-hmm. It's less lethargic. It's less. We got the right look, ish. If you know, if you yeah. follow what I'm saying, it, it, it's less dropping games that you should win. Offensively. This team can go toe-to-toe with any team in the league. I think this is a top-tier receiving core. I think Kenny Galladay is poised for a, a solid at the very least year. I think Golden Tate has proven that he's a consistent, incredible slot receiver in the league amongst the best. I think Marvin Jones, like you said, with the deep routes, he was the number one guy on those deep routes. Then you turn your attention to the offensive line. You bring in a guy in Ragnow who's a center guard. Yeah. In the first round. I mean, the offensive line is really Bob Quinn's baby. All five of these guys now are Bob Quinn dudes. You got rid of Travis Swanson was the last remaining guy that was uh, from the previous regime. Okay, you have Taylor Decker, which was Bob Quinn's first ever pick, who seems at this point, he had an injury-riddled sophomore season, but he was a very promising rookie when he played in his second season. He was The guy's an good. elite tackle. He's, he's a pretty right? good, you know, I think he's, it's safe to say that he's going to be the Lions' left tackle for years is. to come. He is. You bring in a guy, Graham Glasgow, third-round pick that same year. Okay, and he's been a solid dude on the interior line, versatile center-guard combo, very nice to have. You bring in TJ Lang and Rick Wagner in the 2017 offseason, two dudes you paid heavy money to. Okay, and then this year, first-round pick, center Frank Ragnow. This line is Bob Quinn's officially, and it needs to be a top-ten line in the NFL. Absolutely. It just needs There's no be, excuse. With the amount of resources and money that you uh, – resources and draft capital and in terms of money that you've poured into it, it now has to be a top-ten line, undoubtedly. And the other piece of that puzzle – I mean, since I have been a Lions fan, I have never seen this team have a competent running game. I just have not. There has never been you know, a season where consistently this team can run the ball against anyone in the NFL. Now I think they have the tools to be able to do it. And, and when Lee was saying you know, this offense can go toe-to-toe with anyone in the league, I believe that with the caveat that this running game has to work. And I have to see it work before I say that. And you bring in a guy in Carryon Johnson from Auburn who in New Year's Six Bowl – Last game of his career at Auburn, injured, just grinding it out for his dudes. And I, and I was like, this guy's a Detroit guy. Yeah. And he's, all- he's a Detroit guy. And I, I really think that he 
you know, in running backs nowadays, your first or third round pick, you're expected to come and perform. So yeah. I really think that the onus is on him in this backfield, and we can talk more about the backfield. But I just wanted to say, as a college football fan, all season this dude was playing through injury. Yeah. His shoulder was bothering him. I don't know if there was other things, but this dude is just a bell cow. Carrion Johnson is a name I remembered. He was the best player on that Auburn team. I mean, the guy can run in between tackles, which is something that not anyone else on this Lions roster has been able to do in the past decade, like you've been saying. He's a guy who's going to be able to break arm tackles and yeah. get yards after contact. Which and is something that nobody on the Lions backfield in 2017 could do. Literally every time someone put a finger on any Lions back that ran the ball consistently, they basically fell over. And then bringing in LeGarrette Blunt is another big you know, step for them. In the sense that, you know... Goal line packages. Goal line packages. Third and third short and packages. Short, fourth and short, fourth and one. We need to, you know... Bob Quinn's looking at this team and saying, he's saying, we need to pick up these short yards. We need to be respected, you know, on the ground. And in, in doing so, you're only going to make Matt Stafford better. Because, you know, no matter what you do... I, I heard someone talking about the Lions saying, oh, you know, they brought in Frank Ragnow and they brought in Carrion Johnson. They're going to try and, you know, be a running team. This team's never going to be a running team. You're paying Stafford $27 million a year. You're not running the football, all right? But he needs a running game to become the full quarterback that he can possibly be. And if this team actually gets a running attack where they're averaging three and a half to four yards a carry, the, you know, the, any NFL defense is in trouble because they can kill you through the air. They can kill you on the ground. And I, I really believe that this offense could be among the NFL's best if the running game gets clicking. Offensively, it's like, where are the excuses now for Detroit? There aren't any. Matthew Stafford, a lot of people kind of overlook him for because of because of his resume, because of his inability to win, to playoff, win games, playoff games, which is fair. You know, I, I I'm of the belief that you know give the Lions the ball with you know down four with three minutes left and let Stafford go to work. Yes. And that's been a, that's been the Lions' bread and butter over the past few years to win games. But that recipe has to change if you want to be a Super Bowl contending team. But you know, as we talk about this offense and kind of drool over it, if this team is going to or if this team, let's just say, if this team is not going to make the playoffs in 2018, if this team is not going to take that quote-unquote next step, it's going to be because of the defense. I don't like, think there's any argument over there, that. Uh, you know, and that's there, kind of been the case the past couple and of that's, years. Yeah, ever since... Even without the running Ever game. since Sue and Levy, you know, Levy had his injury history, and ever since Sue left, this defense has not been the same. And it was really surprising to me that Bob Quinn did not address the defensive line in the first three rounds of the draft. He must believe in his depth. He must believe in Sylvester Williams, I, I guess. And, yeah, you know, I, I just was surprised that that wasn't uh, you know, a priority. They did move up in the fourth to draft Deshaun Hand, and they gave up a third-round pick in, in 2019 to grab him, which tells me that they either had a second- or third-round grade on him if they were willing to give up that sort of pick to move up and grab him. So, And Deshaun Hand is a dude that can move up and down the line, too, so he's definitely a guy that will fit in Patricia's scheme. So that was, you know, a pick that enhanced the D-line. But at the same time, as just as a fan looking at it objectively, it's a fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. And I can't rely on a fourth-round rookie to come in here and fix all the issues of the D-line. Ziggy Ansa comes into camp again, still on the pup, even though he's on a franchise tag, which I agree with. I do, I, they don't think they should have given him a long-year deal or, or, you know, a long-term deal. And he hasn't necessarily proven it yet. I mean, his best no. year was two years ago, right? That was two two years ago. And, I mean, last year he had 12 sacks, and it was the lamest 12-sack season I've ever seen in my life. He had, you know, th- three three-sack games against the Bengals, you know, the listless Week 17 Packers, 
and Eric Flowers in, in the Giants. So he literally made his money on dudes Touching who Touching Eli after he yeah, falls. Dudes who just, that left tackle who just sucked. And, and Ziggy Ansah is a, is a great, you know, player when he's healthy, but it just hasn't been consistently healthy over the past, you know, few seasons. So definitely a prove-it year for him in terms of whether the Lions are going to, you know, lock him up for, for the next few years. They did just sign Ricky Jean-Francois, but that doesn't change the fact that there's not going to be much pass rush presence from the interior. No. And if it's coming from the interior, it's coming from a linebacker and not these defensive tackles that are on the team right now. I want to see something from Sylvester Williams. This is a guy who... I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was drafted by Denver early, you know, in, in 2013, I think it was. And he, he never really, out of North Carolina, never really fulfilled the, you know, the, the expectations coming out of school. And it's a guy who, he's a, he's a depth defensive tackle for the Lions. And rotationally, he's going to have to make his presence felt. They brought in uh, Cornelius Washington from Chicago. Kerry Hyder's coming back off an Achilles injury. And, I mean, Washington is a dude who was on the team last year and didn't really make the splash that we expected him to. And I think he's definitely someone who is even on the roster bubble. A know. lot of pressure's on Deshaun Hand, I feel like. A lot of to, pressure to, on Deshaun to, Hand. A lot of pressure on Kerry Hyder to come back after, off an Achilles tear, which is not an easy injury for A lot of pressure on Ledbetter, too. A lot of pressure on the... Jeremiah Ledbetter. I mean, this is a six-round pick from a year ago who is now slated as the defensive tackle, you know, three-tech, one-tech starter next to Ashawn. You know, I was surprised and kind of disappointed that they let, you know, they traded uh, Akeem Spence. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the reasoning was behind that. He wasn't costing that much money. I don't know if Patricia, I don't really understand Patricia's scheme as a whole quite yet because I honestly haven't seen it in Detroit. Um, So I don't know if he just doesn't see him as a fit in his scheme. But, you know, Akeem Spence was a dude who was, he he gave 100% every play and he could provide at least a semblance of some sort of pass rush presence from the interior. You know, he was always jumping. You got, you know, he was pretty decent at jumping snap counts and getting early penetration inside. So he, I don't know, he was a guy that kind of pushed the pocket from the interior that I was looking forward to having in 2018, and they just traded him to the Dolphins. So the defensive line is without a doubt a question. There's no way we can paint the a picture here. The front seven is a question. No, absolutely. And moving on to the linebackers, I was just going to say is like, you have Gerard Davis coming back after his rookie year, had a solid rookie year out of Florida. Obviously not, you know, a super standout guy, but someone who's going to be a solid middle linebacker for you. And I think someone who's going to thrive in the Patricia system. He's going to be the yeah. guy kind of captaining that defense one way or another. Absolutely. At least the front seven. You know, Jalen Reese may have been a project athlete from Tennessee, outside backer. But he's more of a depth guy as you look at bringing in Devon Kennard from the Giants and Christian Jones from Chicago – Again, another Lions linebacking core where it's kind of like a makeshift group of guys yeah. where you don't necessarily know what to expect. It could be overperformance. It could be a lot of meh. There's not a, too much, I guess, to get excited about linebacker-wise in Detroit, really. Like, the, the, here's the thing I will say with, I don't know, I was surprised that they didn't spend a first or second round pick on a defensive player. However, to that point, I will say I think Bob Quinn's thinking was, I want to give Jim Bob Cooter all the opportunities, you know, that I can give him to be a successful coordinator on offense. And my head coach, my defensive guy, is going to have to take, you know, these dudes who maybe aren't, you know, NFL, even, you know, at mm-hmm. some, you know, at, in, in this front seven, honestly, starting caliber NFL players and make them so. Yeah. I'm just going to trust that my dude's scheme is going to create pressure, is going to create plays for these dudes, 
and and just let it roll at that point. So that's kind of where I'm at with this this front yeah. seven is that it's kind of come down to Patricia. To that gets me up. excited a little bit to be honest because exactly you can look at it that way and kind of be like. This this does kind of look like a, a and, and obviously take this with a grain of salt, but like a Patriots makeshift defense where it's yeah. like it's not great, but it works and it's bend don't break and our offense is good enough and we're winning games because yeah. of it and, and and the onus like you said is on Patricia who is a defensive minded guy and but, but that being said. The secondary looks really promising. No, it really does. Just like in New England, kind of. You know, it's kind yeah. of that makeshift thing where it's like we're going to have a solid secondary because it is a passing league, and we do understand that. We're bringing back Darius Slay, who's, I mean, fringe elite quarterback. Top time. I think. Top, yeah. uh, definitely. I mean, if someone, if, if someone, you know, you see someone rank the corners and they don't put Darius Slay in their top 10, they're not paying attention. You know, and I think honestly, you can make an argument for him being a top five corner after last season, tying the league lead for interceptions. He finally brought that turnover you know his whole career you know he started off rookie year struggles but that's expected with the corner starts to become a better cover guy you know and then in but the one thing that had always been missing from his game and if you go back to Baxter's podcast from a year ago you'll hear me say I need Darius Lay to have more ball production I need to see him pick make create more turnovers and he had eight interceptions last year tied for the league league I couldn't have asked for anything more from him he truly is an elite corner now in the NFL and I, I, you know, he's the number one dude. And, you know, and Terrell Austin, you know, has started started to experiment more with him last year, just taking dudes one-on-one, Antonio Brown, Julio. You know, he gave him more of those opportunities. So I'll be really interested to see if Patricia just kind of takes him and says, you're my number one guy. Yeah. You know, you're no matter who we play this week, you're on their number one dude, whether they line up on the left or the right side, because he is traditionally a left-side corner. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of, I mean, it more depends on whether – Pictures is going with more some man or zone schemes and stuff like that, but definitely bona fide number one you know corner in the NFL and Darius Slay and opposite him, I would say the most intriguing training camp battle is going to be the one between Nevin Lawson and Tease Tabor. I was just going to touch on that is Jalen Tabor, who had a solid rookie year last year, didn't show anyone too much. He's kind of a guy who we're still waiting to see if he can really step up and be that bona fide number two corner in the league or even step his way to a fringe number one. And then Nevin Lawson, the guy who's been productive in his career with the Lions. And like you said earlier, this secondary is just well-rounded. Quadre Diggs, one of the most underrated players, you know, as far as secondaries go in the NFL, I think. great. He's probably, I would say he's the best tackler on the defense. Mm-hmm. And, and he's just an instinctual dude. I, I, I've always loved me some Quadre Diggs. So he's a guy who has versatility also. He can play that nickel spot. He, can, he played safety last year. He started playing safety in the Tampa game, three picks in the last five games of the year for Quandre. So, you know, a dude who actually showed ball production. You know, I think he's a dude who plays well, too, with the ball in front of him. Yeah. So I'd, I'd be interested to see if he um, maybe plays more safety this year in, in Quinn's scheme. Interesting. And you also bring in Tracy Walker, who from, you know, University of Louisiana Lafayette, who I, I questioned the pick, but then I saw an article kind of in the offseason about Glover Quinn is contemplating retirement soon. So I think that that kind of sheds more light on why that Tracy Walker pick was made. You know, he's a free safety who has ball skills. And, you know, I think they're bringing him to groom him to eventually replace Quinn. And I think, you know, he can get some, some starter reps too. Tavon Wilson is a good guy just to have as a failsafe. But if the thing, you know, with Tavon Wilson and, and Nevin Lawson – I think the coaches will start them if need be, but I don't think they want them to. Yeah. I just want to bounce off that Tracy Walker point, and don't get me wrong. Like I believe Tracy Walker's the guy we drafted, so it's like it's, this is our yeah. guy. But with guys like Malik Jefferson on the board, it's like 
why go secondary when you can go D-line or linebacker? Yeah. Like you said with the first three rounds, it's like that third-round pick can be vital sometimes, and you can add depth with that third-round pick. And you do have Glover Quinn, and I know he's contemplating retirement, but you also said Diggs is a ball hawk. You brought in Jamal Agnew last year. You brought in Deshaun Sheed in the offseason, or Shed in the offseason. And it's like what necessarily is the motive behind bringing Tracy Walker in? I can't, I, I can't get with it right now, but if the guy starts to make plays, my doubts will go away immediately. Exactly. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the, uh, in the preseason because he's a guy that I honestly really hadn't looked at in terms of the safety uh, prospects this year. I was more kind of into Justin Reed and Jesse Bates and hadn't really – I knew of him, but I didn't really know anything about him or really watch any you know, tape on him, and I kind of watched a few highlights stuff after the Lions drafted him, but I'm just going to kind of reserve my – Takes. Opinions and yeah. takes until I actually see him in that Honolulu blue. Totally, so, totally. And and one more thing on the secondary, I would love for Jamal Agnew to have some sort of impact in the secondary. He's a lock to make the fifty-three man roster just because of his ability in the return game. But I mean, if he were able to be a dude who can you know play slot corner, I mean, mm-hmm. he's got four legit four-three speed. So you know, I would I would love to see Jamal Agnew step up and and possibly be a, a breakout player for the for the Lions in in twenty eighteen. Yeah. And, you know, just going over to the special teams, Matt Matt Prater, baby, still in the fold. Yeah, I mean, the that guy's dude, that dude is a weapon. The guy's a stud. That dude is a the weapon. The guy's a stud. You can just drive to the 40, 40, you know, 40, 38 yard line, and you got guaranteed three. Yeah, but I think that's Caldwell mindset there. Yeah. I think that's a Caldwell Fair mindset. Enough. And Fair I think enough. that obviously Prater's a weapon, but it's not like we're bringing Prater out. Like, Prater should be your backup option. This is a team where we've been over the offense, and just to bounce right back to it, Bringing in Blunt and having the receiving options you do out of the backfield with Theo Riddick. And I don't even necessarily know if Amir Abdullah is going to make the roster. But he might not. The guy's a speedster. The guy, he's a scat back. So you've got scat backs that have the ability to catch this the ball is, out of the backfield. This is an interesting thing plays. I actually forgot to bring up. I, I read an article in the Detroit News today. And the, the guy made an interesting remark saying the Lions seem to have too many running backs, yet not enough. And that's definitely possible if Kirion Johnson doesn't pan out to what we hope him to be. Because if it, honestly, this whole backfield relies on Kirion Johnson being being your bell cow. Because yeah. if if Kirion Johnson isn't good in his rookie year, then it's you're still stuck with Amir and Theo. Mm-hmm. And then like Blunt, like Legarrette Blunt, you can't. He's he's a he's a you know third and short kind of guy. Like you're not going to be. He's also him getting the ball. up there in age. He's gonna. You're not going to be giving him the ball 15 times a game. So ideally, you want to be using him kind of the same way Philly did last year. Yeah, exactly. Where, you know, you have dudes like Corey Clement and Jay Ajayi, and when Darren Sproles when he wasn't injured, kind of like spelling him, and then you bring in Blunt when you want to drop the hammer in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. that kind of deal. Why don't we Why don't we just go through the schedule? Absolutely. I also want to say, right, real quick before we get back into the schedule, climbing up the, the only position we haven't, I guess, fleshed out is I like what the Lions are doing at tight end. Ooh, I'm going yeah, yeah, yeah. to be the first one to yeah, say yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Luke Wilson, Levine Toilolo, and obviously Michael Roberts, the, the I think it was third or fourth round pick from Toledo last year. I think that tight end-wise, they're going to have different packages that are going to do different things. I, li- I like what I've seen from Toilolo in his career. I like what I've seen from Luke Wilson in Seattle, and Michael Roberts is obviously a young dude. There's going to be options and for you know Stafford what, just, here. Just get rid of the, the targets that you felt obligated to give to Eric Ebron mm-hmm. and give them to dudes like Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Golden Absolutely. Tate that actually deserve yep. the football yep. in their hands. Not to say that Luke Wilson can't be like a receiving threat but you know, or Michael Robbins can be a receiving threat, but those are guys that you don't feel like, well, I should throw this guy you know, six, seven times a game just to you know, get them their touches. Freaking Ebron saying, oh, I need a few you know, receptions to get going. 
Kick rocks, kid. Ebron's old news. Let's get to the schedule. Let's, the schedule. Let's start it out. And I like to think of NFL schedules as quarters. Uh-huh. You know, you got you got four quarters in a football game. You got four quarters in a season with sixteen games. First quarter of the year, you got Jets at Monday home, night. Monday night football, week one. You got at the Niners, week two. Pats at home, Sunday night football on NBC, week three. Lions at Cowboys. Week four, and I know we haven't really gotten into our NFC East previews, but Lee and I are a little down on the Cowboys. I look at this first quarter of the season, you got to exit at 3-1. and one. You, mm-hmm. you have to beat the Jets, you have to beat the Niners, and you have to beat the Cowboys if you expect to be a contending team in the NFC this year. And I would love for the Lions to beat the Patriots because we got them terms and agreements with Aiden Crehan. <sighs> I mean, Get excited the, for week the, the three. The bottom line is this first quarter of the year, and I think you'll agree with me, is you got to exit at 3-1. and one. Yeah. And in, in the way I see it kind of is, let's let's take it game by game here. And I, I don't like doing this. Usually, well, win-loss, win-loss. Oh, Panthers, that's a win. Lion, or uh, Bears, that's like. But it's a Lions preview pod. So we're going to get so into it. So we're going to get into it. And the, here's what I'm just going to say. We're starting out the season on Monday night, and you're hosting the New York Jets. This is a team that Matt Patricia has seen. In the past, being a coach on the Patriots, this is a team that is in a transitional period. We've spoken about them briefly, and I like them. I like their defense. I like the direction that they're going in. But I think this is a huge game for the Lions in terms of asserting themselves as a team that's not going to send – they're not going to play close games with teams that they should beat. And when it comes down to it, the Jets are a team that they should beat. Yep. And this should be a win at home on Monday By night. 10 points. Exactly. It shouldn't be a fourth quarter win. It should be a win. It should be a solid win at home on Monday night. Then it's tough. You play Monday night. You travel across to the, the country to play Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. It's not going to be an easy game. No matter how hot the Niners were coming off the last year, no matter you know how much you think of Garoppolo, their roster, I think, as a whole is still maybe – a year behind where the Lions are at in terms of their rebuild with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. And I see where you're coming from, but this is one of the games where it's like, in this four, in this, it's interesting, in this uh, quarter, first quarter of the season, this is the game I see them losing to a 49ers team that's building momentum at home. And I'm not necessarily going to be mad if they lose the game as long as it's well or hard fought. But then we get into that week three game. And I want to say it's Sunday night. Prime time. At home, Ford Field against the Patriots. The Disciple versus Jesus Christ. It's kind of one of those games where it's like a lot of Lions fans are going to be like, oh, chalk it up to an L because we're playing the Patriots. It's like, nah. We got Matt P now. You know, the the Patriots are coming to us. Lost Brandon Cooks and Julian Edelman won't be in the game. And on top of that, the Patriots are historically a team that doesn't – obviously they're incredible. They don't start super fast. It takes them a while to get their feet underneath them. What about a Lions win at, in prime time at home against the Patriots? What about closing? What about that being a fourth quarter win for the Lions? Then you're two and one, and it's a week later, and you're playing a noon game in Dallas. And let's remember a couple years ago, the last time Maddie Stafford, Texas boy, Dallas boy, was in Dallas. Let's remember that ass whooping the Cowboys put in on that team in the second half. This Cowboys team, it ain't all that tough. The secondary is young. Dak's got questions. How about three and one in the first quarter of the season? How about that's how we America's do it in the first beat. quarter of the America's season? Heartbeat. <laughs> so that's that's how we're seeing a little bit. Three and one three is the one. expectation Has for the first quarter of the season. Second quarter. Second quarter. Let's get into it. 
Pack coming to Ford Field. I'm sorry. If you expect to compete in the NFC North, you have to beat your division opponents at home. You have to. And I, I don't know. I mean, like, we're not uh, – this is not saying game-by-game game prediction, but we're just kind of saying, you know, what the Lions have to do to be an NFL competitor in 2018. Beat the Packers Beat once. the Packers at home. Week five, go into that bye week seven or week six. I mean, they they have, they only play they have early bye week six. I, I really think you should be four and one going into this bye week, and it's going to be hard. And they might end up being three and two. And I think if you end up being three and two, that looks like two losses to probably the Pats and the Packers. That's not how you want to start the season because you're only beating you're only doing what you have done the past four years of, the, of your you know you've only beaten the teams you're supposed to and lost to the teams you're supposed to lose to. Hopefully this changes. I think you've got to beat the Packers when they're at home. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you there. I don't think it's going to be easy. Oh, obviously, obviously you're dealing with the best player in the league in Aaron Rodgers. And he's, in terms of predicting games, the guy's a wild card. It's almost like the Lions could be up 10 points in the third quarter and then all of a sudden lose they by lose. By, they lose exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's tough to predict this game. But moving forward, it is a division game and you should be, you should be winning division games at home. Yep. At least a couple of them. You know, it's, if you want to be a playoff team, you got to realistically beat the Packers once, and you got to beat the Vikings once. Absolutely. So that's something that you got to be looking forward to. So that's that kind of is what it is. You know, yep. it's like we're going to be seeing that as it happens. The Lions then travel next to week Miami. travel to Miami. Yeah. Got to put up a dub there. You kind of have to. You're looking and, at. And you know what? This this reeks absolutely reeks of a classic Lions loss. Yeah. I mean, you know, you either you know you're going into Miami. Four and one, three and two, looking to get you know either if you're three and two, looking to get back into the W comp, distance yourself from that 500, and you just drop a game with the Dolphins in three and three, or you're coming in high. Oh, we beat we've beaten the Packers and the Patriots. You know, we're gonna come in and, and you know put the Dolphins in their place, and you just lose to them. You know, almost like that Cincy game last year. So this is a game that concerns me just as a as a Lions fan, knowing the history of the team. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's got to be a win. It has to. The you, next week. You know, and here's a quick note to the season ticket holders. They're getting their money's worth this year. Big home games. Yes. Jets Monday night, Patriots Sunday night football, Packers division, obviously, but the Seahawks coming to town. And you host the Seahawks. The Rams come to town later on. But, I mean, so the Seahawks coming in, they're a team. I know Lee and I like them a lot to, you know, win the West. If You you picked them to win the NFC West, didn't you? I did not. I had the okay. Niners. Okay. I like them, though. I like them yeah. as an 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, and seven team where, obviously, they, they have an elite quarterback and they have yeah. an elite coach. Exactly. So, I mean, this is a team coming in that hasn't been maybe as it doesn't it wasn't looking as dominant on paper as they have been in the past, but can't take them lightly at all. It's a home game, home game. against a team where they have an elite quarterback. You know what? Mm-hmm. So do we. And you know what? At the end of the day, we're probably a better team than them. I don't know what the climate of the of the locker room is going to be. I don't know what the Lions' record is going to be at this point. But if it's going the way that we're assessing it to go as of right now. This is going to have to be a home win. You're going to you're you if you want to be a playoff team again. It's like the Seahawks are going to are going to be coming to town and and obviously in, in the NFL every every game is a must win game, but this, I think the Seahawks game it's kind of one of those mid-season pinnacle games. Yeah, where it's like either your season's going to start trending in the upward direction or trending downwards. Mm-hmm. Next weekend they travel to US Bank in mini Minneapolis. I, I you know at this you know just like the first quarter of the year I think this also if they want to compete for an NFC North title it has to be three and one, and I think you got to beat the Seahawks and the Dolphins just take care of those out of division games, and if you split Packers at home or Seahawks or Vikings on the road I think you're still in contention. Absolutely, I think that's an incredible start. 
Yeah, so I mean, if you yeah, if you exit the first eight games six and two as a Lions fan, you're you're feeling really good about yourself. At five and three, I actually think you're still definitely in the hunt because the schedule kind of you know lightens up at least on paper. I mean, obviously, predicting the second half of an NFL schedule is, is risky business, but in my eyes, it, it kind of this next six game stretch they have. They play the Bears twice. The Panthers, who Lee and I kind of think are, are in trouble this Downward year. Downward slope. The Rams, who I think will regress from the past year. And the Cardinals and Bills, who I honestly think are two of the worst teams in the NFL. Week 16 and 17, you have the Vikings at the Lions. And then the week 17, you have the Lions at the Packers. So two division games against what I believe will be the you know the top other two teams in the division along with the Lions in terms of and competing. possibly in the conference. And, and, and possibly in the conference in terms of competing for the NFC North, you know, playoff seeds and the division. I think they enter week 16 saying if they beat the Vikings and the Packers, go two and none of those last two weeks, they win the NFC North. I think if you go into those last two weeks and you say they lose one game to the Packers and they lose one game to the Vikings or vice versa, they end up with a wild card spot in the NFC. And I think if they lose both of those games, that they will be out of the playoffs. The Vikings are going to be tough to beat at home in that last game of that second quarter of the season. Then you get into at Bears, hosting the Panthers, hosting the Bears, hosting the Rams. So let's just say Connor Ryan is a little nervous about this Bears 2-3. And and you know what? I'll match Connor on that. I'm nervous about it too, especially with the Lions being 9-1 in the past 10 games against the Bears. The Bears are due for a win, and they're playing the Lions twice in three weeks. And I didn't originally seeing the schedule. I really didn't like that. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't like the the looks of that. It's really hard to beat a team twice in the NFL. Nonetheless, beating them twice in three weeks. If the Lions want to be a playoff team, if they want to be a quote unquote Super Bowl contending team, they're going to have to win these games that their fans don't even really think they're going to win. No, exactly. So, I mean, they got to buck the trend. And this is the schedule to do it, and you're so right in saying the first half of the season is where the grunt is. Yeah. The second half is where you can kind of, you know what, let's beat the Bears on the road, let's host the Panthers, and let's, after what the you Panthers know, two did straight to us. games, Panthers, Bears, let's, mm-hmm. let's beat them. And you, you I mean, three. You, have, you have three straight home games in the sense that you have Panthers, Bears, Rams, three-game homestand in November. You don't have to travel into cold weather or anything. Like, take care of business. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking up to down and then the last quarter of the schedule, you like you, you noted earlier, you're playing the Cardinals or the Bills. You may be on the road in both the games, but you know what? You're, you outmatch both of these teams. From You outmatch both these teams. You have a better quarterback than both these teams. You have a better receiving core than both these teams. Your defense may not match up necessarily with both the teams, but these are games you need to win if you want to be a playoff team. They're not primetime games. They're, they're going to be boring. Yeah. They're going to be mundane. It's going to be cold. But you you still need to win the game. I, you can't lose to Buffalo 10-9 to 9 no, on yeah. December 16th at noon in Buffalo. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's It's got to be one of those things where the season is linear and you're going into those last two games with nine wins, which is kind of what and, you're assuming. Yeah, and just to put a, put a bow on this, I really think as far as a record prediction goes, I really think that this team is an 11-5 team. I think you'll split with the Vikings and the Packers. I think, you know, and just as, a, you know, I don't like to say this, but from a realistic standpoint as a fan, you'll probably lose to, let's just say, the Patriots and the Seahawks, and then you'll just drop one other game within the midst of the NFL season. 
And so I, and then I think I, I think eleven and five is is a you know I think pretty that's, realistic scenario for this team. I think and that, that obviously is coming from a little bit of a, you yeah. know, a bias and favorable mindset. But. Let's bring it back down to earth here with the Murray. I, oh. I try I try to keep it real here. I try to keep it authentic, and I love the Lions' offense. I absolutely love it from top to bottom. I really like I, when I say they can go toe to toe with anyone. Patriots. Uh, you know, Steelers, whatever, high-octane offenses, you name it. They can go toe-to-toe with anyone. Their defense scares me. Their front seven absolutely terrifies me. And on top of all that, their division terrifies me. Kirk, Kirk Cousins coming into Minnesota, it may be overplayed. He's going to be better than with, Keenum. With, with how good this team was last year, defensively even, forget the offense. And then Aaron Rodgers coming off an injury, a season where he couldn't play three-fourths of the year, being the player that he is. And I, I can't help but just see the Lions at third in this division. But on the bright spot, I think this is a division that can send three teams to the playoffs. Yep. And I think this is a season where the Lions, it could be the Packers going 11-5, the Vikings going 10-6, and and the Lions going 9-7, and and all three of them making the yeah. playoffs. The Lions are going to have to rise above to make the playoffs. Absolutely. And if they don't rise above, they're going to go 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9, and nine, and it's going to be like, all right, what's happening next year? And that's, gonna, that's a realistic scenario for them, kind of. But this division, man, it's tough. And I don't, I don't see the Lions. E- it's not going to be easy playing the Bears twice in three weeks. No. You know, it's not going to be easy, even though the Cardinals and Bills are both not good. On the they're, road in Arizona, on the going, road in Buffalo. Absolutely. Yeah, back to back. You know, and then you host the Vikings the week after. It's like, yeah. these are tough games. The Bear, the game in Chicago is on Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken. Also, or, or you know. In, no, no, in, it's in Detroit. I Sorry. Don't, I don't love the early bias. So if you start to get some injuries in like weeks, week, week eight, week nine, you're not going to have that break mm-hmm. in the schedule that allows you to kind of. No. group, you know, so it'll be interesting. We're like, still both pretty optimistic we, about we both are. outlook this this season. Yeah, as as uh, you know, as teased in the uh, in the beginning of the show, we'll cut this out if it doesn't work out, or maybe not, because we're we're raw here on the Back Judge Podcast. But we're gonna try and get resident Lions fan John Dolan, Michigan State Spartan, on the line on the speakerphone. Not sure how well he's gonna show up on the speakers if he does answer, but but let's see. John Dolan. What's going on, Clever? Do you have a minute to speak? Yes, sir. So, uh, uh, all right. Well, I'm with I'm with Lee Murray. Uh, he he just left for the bathroom for a second, but we're recording a, a podcast previewing oh, yeah. the Lions. Lee, we got we got John Dolan on the line. Dolan on the line, baby. What up, Lee? David Putney, baby. <laughs> Woo! We're not sure how you're going to show up or, or, or you know register on the airwaves since you're just on a, on a speakerphone. But but just give us your two cents on the on the Lions going into 2018 and and how you think they'll they'll finish the season, playoffs, record, that sort of thing. Uh, well, I, I've been reading a lot of slander recently. Uh, I saw I saw some predictions that said the Lions were going to go six and ten. I saw, I saw I saw quarterback rankings. Kim Fahey, he said that Matthew Stafford is the 22nd best quarterback in the league, and he said that bitch Trubisky is the ninth best. So that guy's an idiot. I want to put it on record that Keon Kim Fahey is an asshole. Someone needs to put that man Someone down for saying that. that. Man. That guy's an idiot. He's a Packers fan too. Like that guy's the worst. Get that guy off the airwaves. So I, I've been seeing a lot of slander about the Lions. And I can't say I really understand it because we went nine and seven last year with a tough schedule. We got an easier schedule this year. We got a better team this year. 
it really doesn't make any sense how we could go worse than nine and seven, but I'm feeling 10 and six, 11 and five. I remember I went through the schedule when it first came out and I predicted 14 and two, but I might just be a homer. So I'm going to have no, to. No, no, you're, you're spot on, Dolan. 14 and two is, is maybe the sweet spot, you know? 16, 16 and 0, 15 and 1, you know, if we're, if we're feeling good about ourselves. Too much. But, but, but 14 and 2 seems like a, a nice soft landing spot. All I know, like, I, I'd be willing to put down a lot of money that we sweep the Vikings. Like, Ooh, I love that. Dolan, the thing we like to do here on the podcast is, is prophecies. We, we make prophecies about what we think will happen in the NFL season. Can I put you down for a prophecy that the Lions will sweep the Vikings in 2018? Uh, yes, you can put it down for that, and you can also put down that Kirk Cousins will be one of the worst free agent signings of all time. Wow. wow. Hot so skating gonna, takes me going. You guarantee that dude $84 million. You're guaranteeing the whole contract for a guy. I don't even think he's won a playoff game. Being in Chicago, I like I can't even say I hate the Bears because they're honestly like so irrelevant. That, like, like, when's the last time the Bears have been a threat for like, like anything. <laughs> it's been a while. Like, dude, like nothing makes me feel better than waking up on a Sunday morning and seeing we're playing at Soldier Field. <laughs> <laughs> seeing uh, Conti in the defensive uh, backfield. Conti. <laughs> <laughs> just when, whenever you guys need like a quick take, just uh, call me up. Absolutely, I, I, man. I, last last, last thing, last thing, Dolan. I'm, I'm interested to hear Tease Tabor. Give me, give me it. Tease Tabor. I, I think he's gonna get at least, uh, at least six pass breakups this year. Like, I mean, come on. Six PBUs. At least. I mean, dude. I remember he was in for like one play the whole season last year, and I'm pretty sure he made like. I remember him doing something. He he like, bodied he Mike something. Evans on the goal line. Yeah, yeah, it was Mike Evans. Oh my god, I wrote, I wrote about that. Yeah, that was uh, it was a Tease Tabor sighting. Absolutely. Jalen is that his real name? Jalen, yes. We yeah, call him guy, Tease. That guy, that guy sucks, but like we'll give him an, we'll give him another year. <laughs> Not as bad as Jonte Green or uh, Asa Jackson. Oh, I mean, dude, we've had Bill some Bentley. Tough, like, Alliance in the secondary hasn't really been working too well besides Slay, but absolutely not. Well, well, Dolan, we appreciate you jumping, you know, jumping on the horn here and uh, hit us yeah, up when yeah. you're in the city. Wow, great, 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 great insight from, it's from John great Dolan. To get Dolan on the horn. Fourteen man. and two. You heard it here first. Prophecy: Lions beating the Vikings two games in a row. This has been a great, great Lions preview. I think, it I, think. Has been. I think you know holistically, just just great knowledge getting dropped here. Back Jones will be letting you know which Lions away game we will be attending in 2018. All I know is it's gonna get rowdy up in them upper decks. Can't wait. We're gonna be doing some weird shit. Some weird late night shit. <laughs>